Greetings, everyone. This is your storyteller. I'm back with episode number 14. And the title of it is Life Gets Real for Sweet Isabel. We just buried the love of my life, preacher. And things are moving fast, fast, fast. Too fast. My young head is spinning. But before I go on, let's take a look back at the players in my life real quick. I love keeping track of them and how they are the driving force in my life. Because that's who they are. That's who they were then and that's who they are today. To this very day, I keep them close in my view because their influences are still very, very much alive inside of me. What about you? What are the driving forces in your life? I know what you're going to say. You're going to say that God is. Yes, He is. He's always the driving force. But who are the flesh and blood people that you can still feel and hear nudging you to keep running? to keep it moving. These are the players. My little mother, my mother, preacher, my sister, Theotis, and all the storytellers, especially Miss Ida May, the drugstore owner, my music teacher, And yes, Emmett Till. Dear sweet, sweet Isabel was now 13 years old. And it seemed as if so much was happening way, way too fast. Life was getting real for her. I found myself praying for bedtime to come quickly so that I could talk with God. My conversations with him were now the thing that I look forward to the most. I still love talking to the sunflowers and running to the bride patch to see the lady all tangled up there. Sometimes she was there, sometimes she wasn't. My mother was right. Now that I had my religion, I didn't need her as much. But I often wondered if she missed me the way I missed her. Rainstorms were coming more frequently now. And they would blow my beautiful, strong sunflowers down to the ground. I would wake up, and there they were all lying on the ground, all broken up. But that was not so with God. He was always there, waiting for me to talk with him. Nothing could blow him down or stop him or hurt him. I was so sad seeing the sunflowers all broken up, just lying helplessly there on the ground, dead. I know that I took up a lot of God's time, but he didn't mind. I wasn't sure if he went into my mother's room or not. I just know that he came into mine. I asked him, why were these things changing so fast? 
He only spoke one word. Life. Okay, I laughed and I said, so that's how life would be for me when I grow up? I was scared, but not too scared. Every day it seemed that life was happening. Wowie. Life. I was now playing music for the church and teaching the little children Sunday school and singing vocal music with the adults. Now, I know you don't know about vocal music, but vocal music is where you sing the notes, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. And we would put that to music. Do, re, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. Do, re, re, mi, do, re, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. Well, we did it much better than that. But we traveled to different churches just singing vocal music. And who loved it? You guessed it. Sweet Isabel. I didn't like school so much, but I loved being in plays, especially parts where I could dance. Now, let's talk about life. You got to sit back and buckle in. Because this is going to rock you a little bit. And then when I'm finished, you decide for yourself whether that was called life or was I just being plain mean and devilish. You'll see. So let's talk. One day in the assembly... The assemblies where all the grades come together for some special events. I always sat up front right next to my music teacher. Sometimes I actually sat on the same stool with her. She played the piano for the school. And all of my teachers, out of all of my teachers, I really, really liked her. I think I really loved her. She was just that special to me. She was not at all neat and proper and high sedated like the other teachers. None of our teachers came from our town because we were so small. They were all imported in from other larger towns and cities like Tuscaloosa, Mobile, Birmingham, and Montgomery. They were mostly graduates from schools like Tuskegee University, Talladega College, Miles College, and Selma College. Spellman, and of course, Morehouse. Shout out to Morehouse. Sorry, Clark. I don't remember anyone coming from, from Clark. My music teacher graduated from Miles College. My music teacher had short hair, and she used a thing in her hair called boot black to dye it to keep it black. Whenever the gray started coming in, she would use the boot black. And then she would straighten her hair so straight so that the ends would stick out as straight as arrows. People laughed at her whenever she walked into a room. Even though they saw that hair a million times, 
but each time they acted as if her hair was a brand new spectacle. She had beautiful clothes, silk things, linen things, lacy things, but they never fit just quite right on her. All she really cared about was teaching, teaching music, singing, and playing music. She played music that we had never, ever heard before, except on the radio from white piano players. She played songs from Beethoven and Brahm. She would play with her back straight and her head held high. And she looked to me like the most beautiful woman in the world, even with a raggedy dress on. Whenever she played those songs, I would get real close up and under her and lay right under her musty arms. I didn't care that her armpits smell. Then she would quickly, after playing those songs that almost made me fall asleep, she would quickly bring us both back to reality by playing the Boogie Woogie by Liberace. She would bang those keys so hard and fast. She would yell out to me, get up, sweet Isabel, dance. Dance with Isabel. I would begin to shimmy, and I would shimmy all the way down to the floor. She loved it. She would throw her head back and laugh and continue to play even harder. She would even stand up and shimmy while she was playing. Wow. Those were some times. Yeah, those were good times. She was different, just like me. Not crazy, not strange, but different. The school brought her in from another town. She boarded at our house until she found her own place. In fact, most of the teachers from out of town boarded with us. It was fun having the teachers live in the house with me. They didn't do me any favors, though. My mother told them not to. I love having them there, but I had to get good grades and I had to act right in class because they live with me. Well, let's get back to that memorable day in the assembly. My music teacher was playing the piano and her pocketbook was open. I looked inside only to see some big pink panties in her pocketbook. I knew it was wrong. I did. I knew that I should not have looked into her pocketbook, even though it was open, it was wide open. My mother always forbid me to look in grown folks' pocketbooks. But that red-headed devil got in me, and I reached inside and pulled them panties up and stretch those big pink those big pink things out so that the whole class could see them. I held them up real, real high. Those kids all started sniggling and laughing so loud. Some of them even fell out of their chairs laughing. The other teachers came over and snatched those panties out of my hand and put them back in her pocketbook. I was so caught up with seeing the kids laughing that I didn't notice the tears that were running down my music teacher's face. She couldn't even look up. 
She knew by then what I had done. When I did really pay attention, full attention, a cold chill ran all the way through me. I had so many emotions running through my crazy body, my crazy mind, all at one time. I really could not even describe what I felt, but none of it was pretty, none of it was good, and none of it certainly was not godly. None of it was like Sweet Isabel. Damn, damn, double damn, I thought. What have I done? My music teacher kept on playing until she finished. When she finished, my Lord, when she finally finished, her face was wet with tears, and her hands were wet from the tears just falling down on her hands. She raised her head slowly and just stared at me with shame and horror on her face as if she was looking at a scary, horrible monster. It was also a look of disbelief and I think betrayal. Yes, that's what it was. It was a look of betrayal. It was as if she was saying to herself, of all the people to hurt me, not you, not you, my sweet Isabel. One of the teachers grabbed me by my ears and fast walked me to the principal's office. He too looked at me with hatred and disbelief. He instructed one of the teachers to go quickly and get my dear and bring her to pick me up. Oh Lord, no, Lord Jesus, no. Please God, no Lord. Don't let her come here. Stop her, please. I sat in the chair waiting for the worst beating of my life. I was so scared. I didn't know what all she would do. I wished I could die. I became violently sick to my stomach. I began to gag and hold my stomach. I wanted to do the number one, two, and three right there in my pants. I would rather die than see her. But if I could just vomit, I would just feel better. The principal came over to me and got real close to my face. I could smell his breath. He said, if you throw up in my office, you will have to clean it up yourself on your hands and knees, fast heifer. I didn't care what he called me. I could give him some more names. Bad heifer, mean heifer, devilish heifer. I felt lower than a slimy snail. It came to me that I was like Judas in the Bible. It wasn't so much that they liked her a whole lot because they never really gave her the time of day. They just didn't like what I did to her. God help me. I needed preacher. I needed Auntie Becky. I needed God. I needed him to be my friend right then and there. But he didn't come. My sister came in. 
The principal tried to make her leave, but she told him, Take your half-white hands off of me. She kneeled down to me and said softly. She only spoke soft like that to me once before. That was when I had to drink all that boiled custard. She said, Sweet Isabel, she's on her way. You know she's going to kill you. Why did you do that, she asked. She looked scared for me. I said to her, The red-headed devil just got into me. She started laughing so hard. She said, You lying, sweet Isabel. Didn't no devil get in you. You just wanted to do something bad your own self. You know you're not smart enough to do bad things. Why don't you just sneak out the door right now and run fast? I'll help you. I said, Run where? She said, To your little mother's house. Catch the bus and go to her. Well, I was too scared to run. My mother came in with switches in her hand. She took me back to the assembly and whipped me right there in front of all the children. The children were all crying for me. I screamed and hollered, screamed and hollered, falling to the floor, rolling on the floor. No one would stop her. No one could stop her. She made me apologize to my music teacher and to the other teachers. I could hardly breathe because I was still crying so hard. I needed to finish my cry, but the cry was stuck in my throat. So between trying to talk and cry, I felt like I was choking to death. She said, suck it up, little heifer, and talk. She walked me all the way back to my classroom. And I sat in shame in my classroom. I walked home from school. My body was hurting and my heart was hurting. I just wanted to die. Damn, damn, double damn. Where was God? Where was Auntie Becky? Where was the lady in the bride patch? I knew that preacher was safe in heaven not having to see these whippings anymore. I couldn't see or feel anybody. My sister was there. She carried my books because my hands were whipped up so bad that they hurt. She kept saying, don't be scared of us, sweet Isabel. Do you want me to get her? I didn't know what she meant by get her, and I didn't want to know because my sister was much stronger than me and nothing much bothered her heart. She really didn't love my dear that much anyway. She was not my mother's blood. She adopted her when she was a baby. I was the only one that was her blood. I was wrong, really wrong for what I did. Maybe that's why the Lord didn't help me. Preacher would have if he was still living. I know he would have. That night in my bed, my body was hurting all over. I pulled the covers over my head. I didn't want to talk to God at all. I didn't even want to say my prayers, and I didn't. I squeezed my eyes tight, hoping I could fall asleep. But I kept tossing and turning, saying, 
damn, damn, double damn, 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 double damn, 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 double damn. I said it over and over again until I fell asleep. That was the first time since I I had my religion that I go to sleep without talking to God, my friend. The first time. I was awakened by a voice in my head that said, not much longer. Then I heard him say, were you wrong, sweet Isabel? I wanted to just push him out of my bed as hard as I could. But I knew that he was not a human being and not a ghost, but a spirit. And besides, I was in so much pain, I couldn't move. But I did put my hands to my ears and pressed down really, really hard so that I could not hear him. He wasn't there to help me. He kept saying it over and over. Were you wrong, sweet Isabel? Were you wrong, sweet Isabel? I didn't even want him to call my name. Finally, I said, yes, I was wrong. I was wrong to bring hurt to someone who loved me so much. You're not supposed to hurt people that love you. He cut my thoughts off and asked me, was your mother wrong to hurt you like she did? I said, yes, she was, because she claimed to love me. He said, now do you see why your music teacher was so hurt? She trusted you. She trusted you with her heart and her secrets. Nobody knew that she dyed her hair with boot black. Boot black was for shoes, not hair. Nobody knew that but you, sweetie Isabel, and me. Nobody knew how junky her house was. Nobody knew that but you and me. Nobody knew that her panties were all over the floor. Just you and me. And I was never going to tell anyone. That was a secret that she only shared with the two people that loved her. And that she loved. At least she thought they loved her. She knew that I loved her. And now she's not sure about you. You betrayed her. You shamed her before the school assembly. So, your mother shamed you before the same assembly and made you feel the same way your teacher felt. That's why I didn't come to help you, sweet Isabel. That's why. I softly asked him, So what are you going to do to me now? And he said, I still love you, sweet Isabel, and I forgive you. But don't ever turn away from me again like you did tonight. You didn't even say your prayers. You didn't even say goodnight to me. Instead, you just said, damn, damn, double damn, 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 double damn, until you fell asleep. Don't ever do that again. 
Now, I want you to forgive your mother and then forgive yourself. You are still my sweet Isabel. And then you have to ask your music teacher to forgive you. She may not, but you still have to ask her. Well, it took a long time before I could erase that look of shame and pain on her face. It kept staying with me. Wherever I went, I could see her face. It took me a long time before I could erase the shame I felt for what I did. It also took a long time before I could ease myself of the pain on my body from the whipping I got from my mother. It was a long time before my mother began to laugh and talk with me. She wasn't laughing and talking to me that much anyway. I suppose that was life. I think it was. The teachers that boarded at my house didn't say good morning or good night to me anymore. I guess they were afraid that I would do the same thing to them. So, the teachers held a special assembly and made me apologize in front of everyone. While I was apologizing, my music teacher never even looked up at me. I was beyond shame as I stood there. My mother was there, just staring at me and squinting her eyes. I kept thinking, damn, damn, double damn. Why did she come? Why are they making me do this? Most of the kids were sad and some were even crying for me. All of my cousins were sad and mad at the teachers for making me do it. But it was still not enough to rid me of the shame of hurting someone as good and kind as she was, especially to me. She didn't even have to tell me that I was her favorite music student. I knew it because I felt it. What was I going to do? I couldn't just die. I wanted to. But it wasn't that easy. Dying is not that easy. I couldn't run away. I had no place to go. I just had to ride out the storm until it calmed down. Even the storm that was inside of me, churning and tearing me apart, making my stomach sick and my head hurt. Damn, damn, double damn. My music teacher soon left our house. She stopped talking to me at all. She stopped taking me to school in her car. It was a long time before she forgave me. A real long time. I didn't mind that she couldn't. I understood. I guess that was life too. At least I think it was. I was learning a lot about this thing called life. I was remembering how the other teachers shunned her, but I never did until that one day, one day, I made a horrible mess in one day. I broke a heart 
in one day. It was me, sweet Isabel, that made somebody cry all in one day. Was that life? I didn't know anymore. I suppose it was. Here I go again. Damn, damn, double damn. And some more dams. Oof. I was only 13. I was only 13. But I felt like I had lived forever. I thought I had lost myself. That's how I felt. I asked myself, where are you, sweet Isabel? Where are you? Go play with your sunflowers. I couldn't because they were dead flat on the ground. Then play with the lightning bugs. I couldn't. I didn't even see them anymore. Then sit real still and let the butterflies fly all around you. I couldn't. They were gone as well. And no, I could not even see the lady in the brow patch. She too was gone. What had I become? God, please, please don't let me lose sweet Isabel. Don't let me lose myself. I would rather die than lose the sweetness and the joy that made her who she was. God, help me. Help me. Help me, please. I prayed and I prayed for God to forgive me. He kept saying, I did already, sweet Isabel. I did already. I knew that. I was 13, but somehow I already knew that if he forgave me, I knew that I didn't need to keep asking him over and over again. Don't ask me how I knew it. I just knew. I just knew that his love was different from ours. He was special. I felt safe when I could feel him smiling at me, looking pitiful at me. He knew that I let the devil get in me and caused me to act like a fool. The reality of his forgiveness made me fight to forgive myself. It wasn't easy, but I was determined to fight. I was determined to fight or die. But the fight was within myself. There was no one to help me fight me. I had to do it. I don't know when I got lost or how I got lost. But I would get me back. I would find sweet Isabel again. I was ready for the fight. I began to get excited. I couldn't disappoint Auntie Becky. I couldn't disappoint Preacher. And I couldn't disappoint the Lord. I laughed out loud, really loud. I said to myself, crazy little girl, my dear already whip your butt. Why are you whipping it again? Why are you whipping your own butt again? I couldn't stop laughing. But I knew that I would stop and fight. I also knew something very strange 
very interesting. I also knew that that would be the last time I took another whipping like that ever again from her. That thought had never come to my mind before, but somehow I was absolutely positively sure that I would never let her do it to me again. Was that life? I don't know. I guess it was. The whipping hurt, and Preacher was not there to take it for me. But it was not the whipping thing that changed me. It was the Lord forgiving me and still loving me that changed me. It was that love, it was that forgiveness that made me determine never to be the one that hurt anyone like that, at least not on purpose. I never want to hurt anyone else again. I already knew that I would be hurt a lot, but I could take it because I was born in a storm and being hurt was nothing but the storm. I was born to go through the storm. My, 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 my. I'm so glad that I had my religion. I'm so glad. Well, my music teacher finally forgave me and continued to teach me how to play the piano. She also continued to make homemade sherbet for me whenever I played really well. Her sherbet was so nice and cold and lemony. She served it to me in a beautiful cut glass, just the way I liked it. She was still musty, and her kitchen was still a mess. She still had panties everywhere, big ones, but I didn't mind. I was back with her again. She also began picking me up for school again in her old car. She drove that thing so fast, and many times she drove it right off into the ditch. And the two of us would sit almost upside down until help would come to pull the car out of the ditch. That was so much fun. I had missed her driving us off into the ditch. Crazy, huh? My dear said, girl, you would do anything to keep from walking to school. It wasn't that. I was just glad to be with her in her company. Riding with someone who was just like me, different and all right with being who she was. I was all right being who I am. I guess all of that was life. I guess. But I survived the storm. After all of that, it was months of not really talking to me that much. That was my deal. Months of not really talking to me. Months of not of barely looking at me. She would put my food on the table and just walk away. Months. Finally, she sat down to have a heart-to-heart talk with me after many months. She said, little girl, we need to talk. 
what was in my head was, I'm not taking another whipping. But I didn't see any switches. She didn't look mad. She just said, we got to talk. She said to me, what made you think that you could do what you did to your teacher and not pay a price for it? She asked me, she said, if you sin and never ask God to forgive you, what happens? I said, I will go to hell. She said, you're right. That's the price that you would have to pay. Well, when you do something bad like you did, you don't go to hell, but you will surely catch hell for it. That's what happened to you, sweet Isabel. You caught hell for what you did. That was your price to pay. What made you think that you were not going to get the whipping of your life? Did you ever think about that? When you were doing that, did you give did, did you give that any thought, little girl? Or did you think that you would not have to pay a price at all? I said, I knew you would whip me, but I didn't think that you would do it in front of the class. She said, where did you do it? I said, in front of the class. She said, I can't hear you. Speak up. I said, I did it in front of the class. She asked me again. She said, what should I have done to you? Tell me, sweet Isabel, what do you think I should have done? I said, made me apologize in front of the class, then whipped me when I got home. But you didn't do that, my dear. You did shame for shame. I shamed her. And then you shamed me. But God doesn't do that. He forgives and he still loves you. She looked at me with her hands on her hips. She said, well, did he help you? Did he save you from the whipping of your life? I said, no, he didn't. Why didn't he, she asked. I guess because he wanted me to experience what my teacher felt, hurt and alone. She said, sweet little Isabel, I know you think I'm mean and tough and that I don't love you. I know it. I feel it in my bones. I don't like it that I feel that, but I can't change it. That feeling that you have is already deep inside of you. I see it in your eyes. But you don't have much longer here. It won't be long now. Wow. When she said that, I had a chill that ran all the way through me. That was the same thing that the Lord said to me. Not much longer. Did he tell it to her too? She said the same thing. She looked so sad and hurt. I wasn't sure how I felt about her looking sad and hurt because her kind of love hurt. It hurt me. 
You can't do those kinds of things to a sweet Isabel type. Maybe my sister would have been okay with it, but those things hurt me. Those things were trying to change me. I knew that that was not the kind of love that I wanted, but I still didn't know yet why I had to experience that. Was that called life? I didn't know. I didn't die in the storm. I came through it. I'm still here, Auntie Becky. Preacher, I'm still here. Sweet Isabel, you're still here. And now what? I knew for sure that I was close to something ending. Something was about to happen. I wasn't sure. Was my mother going to die too? No, it was not her. She still had so many people to help. They needed her strength. They needed her toughness. Was it me? Was I going to die? No, I knew it wasn't me. I still needed to tell stories that were told to me. I had to tell Miss Ida May's story. And for sure, I had to tell my Madea's story. There was so much to tell about that hooking cow. So no, it wasn't me that was going to die. But something, something was about to come to an end. God would tell me. But I won't ask him yet. I didn't really want to know. I was glad that I was learning that I wanted, that whenever I wanted to know something, anything, I could go to God at night in my big bed and laugh and talk, even cry sometimes. And he would always answer me. I just couldn't say damn, damn, double damn anymore. I was only 13. And I knew way more about God than I knew about reading, writing, and arithmetic. I knew what he felt like. I knew what he sounded like. And most of all, I knew his love. And Lord knows I needed all three. For my brand of being different, I knew that I had to have I had to have all three. It wasn't it wasn't that I just wanted to have it, I had to have all three in order to survive. My dear always said that I was not crazy or strange. Just different. I like that. Because that described me exactly. I used to wonder if my children would be different the same way that I am. I answered that for myself. Yes, they would be just like me. Only wiser and stronger and smarter than me. But not as sweet. Knowing that they would not be as sweet as I am made me just a little bit sad. But at 13, seeing what I had already seen, I knew that in order for them to survive the storm, being sweet Isabel, they would not make, they would not make it. Things were getting harder, even for me to remain sweet. Each storm got harder and harder and more frequent. They were coming one right after the other. Actually, almost immediately after I got my religion, 
the storms began to come and never stopped. I was struggling to remain sweet, but I was determined. It felt like I was in a fight for my life to remain and hold on to the ingredients that God used to make me sweet as a bell. How many more deaths, how many more whippings could I take? You just can't do that kind of thing to a sweet Isabel type and expect her to remain sweet. You just can't. I could no longer smell the sweet fragrance of the honeysuckles. And she never replaced the sunflowers from the last storm that came through. At this point, at 13, I felt it was just me and God. Just me and God. With me trying to remain sweet Isabel. I would do it. I was determined to be who God made me to be. Sweet, sweet Isabel. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of Mud Deer and the Ku Klux Klan. Mud Deer and the Ku and the KKK. See you next time.